0: as we get to the point. So I uh, texted Miss Jordan uh, Vickers. She helps me with all my graphics and so forth. And I uh, texted her and I said, Jordan, I, I want you to make me a graphic for today. I'm preaching on lessons from 2020. And I want you to reach back and grab some pictures from last year and kind of a collage that would give us some thoughts and memories about 2020. She sent it to me, and I said, you know, the only thing I would probably do is we need to, like, uh, put a mask over somebody. But uh, I think you look at those pictures, and you can kind of just get a little bit of glimpse of what uh, 2020 was like. A few weeks ago, I was laying in my bed, uh, at night, and, and uh, I was just thinking about the year, and thinking about preaching, and thinking about life, and and I reached over and grabbed my phone uh, about midnight, and I went to this passage. It was like the Lord put this passage on my heart for this moment and for this sermon. is uh, today. I want to just kind of for a minute, if we could, talk a little bit about 2020 in review, and then I want us to use that, maybe the lessons that we Learn from 2020. Use that to press forward uh, into this new year and the new opportunities that we have. And so I would just ask you to give me your ears and your heart for just a minute and let's let the Lord speak to us from his word. Let's let the Holy Spirit speak to us, all right? And let let's get what God wants us to have from both the past and for the future. Now, the text that Samba read off the screen. Grab your Bible, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, or your tablet, or your phone, whatever you're reading. I hope you'll put your eyes on this. Uh, This text, uh, one writer said, is like a grab bag, all right? Uh, There are so many miscellaneous thoughts, instructions, and exhortations that Paul gives in this section. I can kind of relate a little bit. Of course, he's writing on the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, but he's kind of over here, hey, let's pray, hey, let's rejoice, let's give thanks. And actually, each one of these verses could actually be a sermon in and of itself. But if we could for just a minute, let's take this section and let's go back and put it in the broader context of 1 Thessalonians. If you were here last Sunday or you were watching online, you know that we looked at that beautiful passage, 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 to 18, where Paul talks about two things, really, the death of friends and family up against the coming of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The rapture is going to happen. The Lord is going to descend. There's going to be a trumpet that's going to sound, and the dead in Christ will rise first, and then those who are alive and remain will be caught up together to meet the Lord in the clouds and will ever be with the Lord. Verse 18, we're supposed to comfort one another with these words. Always be reminding ourselves and reminding each other that Jesus is coming again. Now the reality of it is is we don't know when he's going to come. And in life you and I might leave this earth by way of death or we might leave this earth by way of rapture. We just don't know. That's why I like what Paul says in verse number 1 of chapter 5. Look in your Bible. He says now right after speaking of the second coming, Concerning the times and the seasons. The times and the seasons of life. Things change rapidly, don't they? Life has its ebbs and its flows, its mountaintop experiences, and it has its valleys. Sometimes life is just hard. It's hard. Some of you sitting here right now, you're going, yep. Yep, it is. That's a Greek word there too, yep. (laughs) Sometimes life is just trucking along, and man, you're feeling stress-free, just happy-go-lucky. Everybody's well. The bills are paid, a little bit in the savings account, no real issue. And then all of a sudden, a normal day Turns into a hard day. A hard day. Today at 2 o'clock up in Jemison, up I 65 toward Birmingham, my family, a lot of my family, is going to gather for the funeral of my 56 year old cousin who passed away just a few days ago with COVID. Tomorrow in Jacksonville, my family's going to gather and have a funeral for my 80 year old aunt who died this week of COVID. will meet in Birmingham on Wednesday and have another service to honor her life before her committal. On Wednesday, we got the word. We were back home visiting for a couple days. On Wednesday, we got word that a pastor that we've known most of our life and grown up with and around his children, he passed away and his memorial service will be tomorrow. On Thursday, I guess it was, my wife's first cousin, who I graduated high school with, played ball with. I was the pitcher, and he was the catcher, and he often reminds me that I threw a whole lot more balls than I did strikes. Uh, Found out he has stage 3 cancer in his lymph nodes. He gets a port in tomorrow, and then he starts chemo on Thursday. We're the same age. Basically grew up together in our teen years. Just a few minutes ago, Kelsey Elmore stood right over. Here's Kelsey right over there. Just a minute ago, Kelsey stood right over there and sang and led you in worship today. And the week before last, her father just suddenly passed away and they had her had his memorial service and she just got home a couple of days ago ministering and being with her family, her mom. Josh Purser was up here singing on Christmas Eve and in the middle of the service, his grandfather passed away and this past Friday in Mississippi, they had his memorial service. Josh is not back home yet. And so Josh, you know, I've been talking with him and just processing that with his family and all the things that they're going through. Now, you're sitting here right now, and you're going, man, this is feeling really heavy. And I want to just say that there's a lot of people in our fellowship going through hard times. This week, I called two ladies in our church that they lost their husbands during the 2020 calendar year in their 50s. And they had to go through Christmas and New Year's and process that. And they're still processing that and these have been some difficult days. So here's what Paul is saying in chapter five and verse number one. He's saying, we believe these things. We believe in Christ. We believe that Jesus is coming again, yet you're going to find yourself in the seasons of life. And and, and things, certainly things that we know and have experienced have been blessings, and we're going to get into that in just a minute, but at the same time, it it feels like there's a whole lot of people going through a lot of things can i get an amen right there so what do we do how do we how do we process these things well i want you to think of this passage in 12 through 16 like this if you if you have a sickness or a problem you'll go to the doctor the doctor will give you a prescription you get the prescription fulfilled and it's supposed to kind of help you with your problem or to get past your problems and so there's a sense in which we look at 12 through 26 like Paul is saying, hey, y'all got some problems. And these are some things I want to say to you about your problems. And this is the prescription to fix those problems. The other way to view this passage is that it is written in a preventative manner. In other words, there's no real problems going on. Uh, I just want to give you these principles. Uh, At this point, at this juncture, we're moving forward. Uh, This is the way I want you to function and live and process life. And you would say, Pastor, Well, which one of those two is actually true about this text? I would suggest to you that they are both true. Most scholars say, hey, there's some problems here. There's some issues here probably that need to be addressed. But yet on the other hand, he's just giving them some good, solid principles to live by. So I want you to think about it in that light. Lessons that we learned from 2020, we want to take those lessons into 2021 in our walk with the Lord, and in the life of our church, okay? Now, let me just get right into this, and I want to be very honest and forthright about 2020 and lessons that I've learned. Look at verses 12 and 13. What have I learned in 2020? That leadership is a challenge. (laughs) That leadership is a challenge. It's not for the faint of heart. Now, when I read these two verses, I see The inference here from Paul is that leaders are supposed to be laboring, doing the work of the Lord. Leaders do not tell people what to do and then not do it themselves. Leaders lead by example, all right? And so I would say in 2020, that work and that labor has looked a whole lot different. I said to someone, just a couple of days ago, I've not made a hospital visit since February. Not even been in a hospital. It's just, it's been different. Uh, The the work has been different. I mean, uh, instantly we went to uh, Israel. We got back from Israel and got off the plane and got back to Pensacola. Thank God we didn't get stuck in Israel uh, or in New York City. We get back to Pensacola and I overnight became a televangelist. Started preaching into a camera every week. Every week. It's different. It looks different. The labor is different. What else do leaders do? Well, leaders watch over the body. Notice that phrase there. He said, They are over you in the Lord. That word over you means to stand in front of. What I'm doing right now, I'm standing in front of you. I'm a spiritual leader, I'm an overseer over uh, this flock. So my responsibility is to watch over the body. And then my responsibility is to challenge the people. Paul said they are admonishing you. That word means uh, to to give a word of caution or uh, maybe at times to reprove gently or to send some correction. Hey, that word also means that those who oversee the church, we are to send out words of warning, warning signs, to give warnings to the body. And So so I want to do two things here for just a second. I don't want this section to be about Pastor Tim. I want this to be about the leaders, the elders, the leaders of our church to say that this is the responsibility that God has given us. And we need to continue to lead. I I, want to say to our new leaders, our leaders that have been serving, that it's our responsibility to refresh ourselves and to renew our commitment to the Lord in 2021. The second thing I want to do is I want to ask everyone else to pray for your leaders, all leaders, not just in this church. I want to encourage you to pray for all pastors because it is a challenge to be a leader. It's been a challenge in 2020 like nothing I've ever seen. As a matter of fact, I intentionally called four different pastors this week. To kind of be a interviewer reporter. And I ask every one of them the same question. I began by saying, Has this been the most stressful year of your ministry? And every one of them without hesitation said, Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, things like, I've been criticized more, I've been attacked more. Uh, I've had more stress leading this year than I've ever had in the church. And I would say in this church that our our leadership ministry team has done such a great job of owning that and leading together. Tim, what are you talking about? Meet or don't meet? I mean, I have people in this church that are adamant that we should not be meeting right now. And then we have people in this church that think it's silly that we're not meeting. And then we have, a, we have people that feel like every person should be required to wear a mask before they drive on the church property, and then other people feel like I don't, you know, I'm not going to wear a mask. Vaccinate or don't vaccinate. We went in. We've been in political upheaval this year. We've been in. Just, just I could go. I could go on and on and on. And I'm not saying that for a pity party. I'm saying that's the reality of 2020. It is a challenge to make a decision and to be a leader. And here's what I know about the hearts of the leaders that, that I'm surrounded with and uh, here in this church and then pastors in other churches is that at the end of the day, we're really trying to do the best we can and make the best decision we can with the flock in mind. The best decision we can make to honor our Lord. But it's a challenge. So it's a challenge to be a leader, but there's also a challenge here. The, the, the text is really more of a challenge for followership than it is leadership. Did you notice that? Look in your text. Look in your Bible. We ask you, brothers, to do what? To respect those that are in leadership. Respect means to, to look up to, that you've got leaders in the church that lead. They're known by their character. They're known by their work ethic. Those that are leading you and doing the best they can to lead you Paul says, show honor in their lives and and treat them in respect. He also says that they, they, they labor among you. They admonish you. I want you, those people, I want you to esteem them very highly in, what's that next word? Esteem them very highly in love. Love your leaders in their place. Here's what he's saying. He's saying for the leadership, and again, I don't want you to just I don't want you to think of this text of me. I want you to think of leadership in general in the church. I want you to think about pastors outside of this church that are preaching the gospel and doing what God has called them to do. He says, love them in their place, recognize them and appreciate those who labor for you and around you. And then he finishes up, and I love this last phrase there in verse number 13. One of the greatest ways that I believe you can love and honor leadership is to be at peace among yourselves. Do you know, gang, in the last few months that churches have split? Please hear me. Churches have had splits over masks. Churches have had splits over political debate. Churches have had splits over meeting and not meeting. And I would just say to you today, those things ought not be so. If you have so much pride in your life that you think you have all the right answers, you need to repent of your sin. Because how many of you know the devil is sitting back laughing? The devil's sitting back laughing at the division in the church. And when we're divided and we're disagreeing and we're fussing and we're fighting, our eyes are not on the gospel. We just came out of a season of singing and raising our hands and praising the Prince of Peace. And I just want to say on the first Sunday of 2021, let's practice peace this year let's work at peace. That's exactly what Paul says. Be at peace among yourselves. So, lesson 2020, I've learned, it's a challenge to be a leader, and you're probably saying, yeah, it's a challenge to be a follower too. Well, let's both do a good job with our role, all right? Number two, the second thing he says in verse number 14 is that there in the body of Christ should be a spirit of challenging one another in a good way we should challenge one another we urge you brothers to admonish the idol there's the second time that word is used admonish means to to challenge right it, it, it's a word that means correction what you do see in the tone of Paul's writing here is a is a gentleness right it's not about being bombastic and unkind but it is about saying hey let's let's get it together here as a pastor, I, uh, I struggle with this, I'll be honest with you, because of the season we're in. I'm reading data, and I'm trying to keep up with things, and I just read the other day, the newest stats are that uh, they, they estimate that 30%, 30% is the number of people that have left the church during this pandemic. 30%. Now, I want you to think about that for just a minute. 30% have drifted away drifted away from the body, from connection, from fellowship. Uh, You know, not saying that someone that's not here is not reading their Bible, praying, and so forth, but there's this disconnect from the church going on. How many of you can see how very easily the devil can use that in somebody's life? When we went online, when churches went online back in March and April, very quickly, they came out by the middle of the summer, and they said that 50 percent of people that were attending church are not even joining in online. And when you're in isolation, my second grade teacher used to tell us, "An idle mind is the devil's workshop." I'm thankful so much for that that camera, those cameras on the wall back there. I'm thankful for everybody that. we're able to connect with right now, and I know there are 100% valid reasons why people are not in this room right now. And I don't want to diminish that one bit. I'm not trying to put anybody on a guilt trip. I can't tell you how many times that I say to members in our church that I talk to on the phone that are not here and not able to be here that I love them and I totally understand why they're at where they're at. Am I clear on that? But how many of you found in your spiritual walk that sitting on the couch and looking at that TV screen ain't like being together. Excuse my English, but it's not the same. Even for me as a pastor, you know how tired we got of singing and looking into that camera lens? We did it, and thank God for it. Look, I don't want to minimize the fact that the people that are not able to be here, there's some maybe that are working today or out of town, they'll be able to log in later and watch this service and get the Word and the music, I'm thankful for that, but friends, I'm telling you, I'd much rather look at you in the face and preach to you than look into a camera lens. There's something about connection, the way way that God made us, that God wants us to come together. Now, how did all that fit into verse number 14? The word there, the word there for idle, you military folks will appreciate this, is the same word for going AWOL. It's the same word admonish those that have gone AWOL. Now, here's what I need you to help me do, help the leaders of our church do. I need you to pray through that, Christian. Because he he definitely pivots there in verse 14. He's speaking to the entire body, and he's saying that we all together need to look around us, pray through, and search out those that have gone AWOL and reach out and admonish them and encourage them to get back where they ought to be. That's what he's saying. So there's a sense in which we challenge one another. But let me tell you what I've seen in verses 14 and 15 in 2020, the beauty of it and how I certainly want to see that carry on in 2021, and that is our care for one another. Our care for one another. Notice what Paul said. He said, encourage the (laughs) faint-hearted. I I don't know about you, but I spend a a decent amount of time in conversations with people that are faint-hearted, weary, struggling. And can I be honest with you? I'll put up both of my hands and say at periods and seasons of my life in 2020, that was me. Okay? You're struggling along. And isn't it a blessing? Isn't it a blessing when God sends a brother or sister in Christ to call you Text you, put their arm around you, and say, Hey, we're gonna make it. The body of Christ, the body of Christ should be the most encouraging place to be in all the world. You ought to know that, man, when I go and I hang out with those people, I'm gonna get lifted up. I'm gonna get encouraged. I'm gonna be reminded that we're gonna make this. And maybe you're here today. And you're coming into 2020, at 21, and you're trying to catch your breath. And you're kind of faint hearted about maybe some things in your family or, or things about the future. Be encouraged today. God is still on his throne, and he's going to carry us through these days. Paul says, Look around you and see those that are weak. Those, that word there means those that are susceptible to sin that fall into sin. Help them. Encourage them. And then I love this next part. Be patient with them all. Man, pastors need that on their wall in their office, right? You need that. Hey, you need that mom with your family, right? We need that in our house. We need patience, patience, patience. Have we not learned that in 2020? To be patient. And I pray by God's grace that he would just continue to maybe dump a boatload of that on me as we move into 2021. Be patient with one another. I love this. Put your weapons down. He says in verse number 15, make sure that no one repays evil for evil. And and I, and I wrote down, put your weapons down to say, there's been a lot of battling going on in 2020. And that battling is not just Republicans and Democrats that battle has gone on in the church. It's gone on in families. The devil loves to cause division. On this first Sunday of 2021, can I ask you a very pointed and personal question? Did somebody hurt you in 2020? Did someone do you wrong? Is there somebody when you When you hear their name, your blood pressure goes up about 20 points. God sent you here today for me to tell you on January 3rd of this new year, put your weapons down, get the revenge out of your heart. Because I'm going to tell you, the devil loves to take those seeds of bitterness and for them to form in your heart and for you to get angry and then you get revengeful. And what's the opposite of that spirit? Look at the last part of that verse. The way we should live is that we should always do our best to seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Man, I have seen that in this church in 2020. I have seen servants, I have seen people to the point of exhaustion serving this community. I've seen people ministering uh, to folks in our church going through various crises. And I'm gonna tell you something as a pastor that puts a smile on my face. When I'm talking to somebody on the phone and they say to me, oh yeah, so-and-so brought us a meal or so-and-so called or so-and-so stopped by, I'm telling you, that brings a smile to my face because that says to me, we've got people in this fellowship that get it that we are all ministers, that we're all servants, that we look to care for one another. I've gotten cards. I want you to know this. I've gotten cards in my office from people in this community that I don't even know that just took the time to write us a card and say, thanks to your church for the way y'all served us during the storm. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? That, that's doing good. <laughs> that's doing good to everyone. And friends, let's pray that we don't have any storms in 2021 but let's be sitting on go to love people to the point of life, Jesus Christ. Amen? Let me move quickly. The next section he's talking about is the care for our worship. The care for our worship, keeping Jesus first. He pivots in verse number 16 to talk about our relationship with Jesus. Now, again, in we had some guests here in the first service today, and and and, and they ask the question, now, what do y'all do for groups, and do you meet on campus? I get that question all the time, and and, and I have to respond so many times with, this is what we used to do, right? Oh, back before COVID, we were this or that. You know, our worship this year has been so different, has it not? I preached my Easter sermon out on Tom and Gina's farm with the guinea pigs flying behind me, or the, the geese. What were they, the guineas? Yeah, the guineas. The guinea's flying behind us. It was so funny. It was great. It was awesome. A beautiful setting. I've never preached my Easter sermon on a farm. I preach my Easter sermon on the beach every year. It's different, right? But what we have in the DNA of our church is that worship is not just this, worship is something we do 24 7. I love what Dave said a while ago about the small groups in the home, that a part of that, the, an element, of that home group is worship. Worship. How do we worship? Real quick. Rejoice. Rejoice always. There it is again. There it is again. Always. Why couldn't you just say rejoice and then let's set that aside when we're having a bad year, right? No. Paul said we rejoice always. We live in the joy of the Lord. Someone said that joy is the flag that is flying over the castle of my heart that says the king is in residence today. No matter what I go through, Jesus is in me. He's in my heart, he's in my life. And because of that, I can live in joy. How about this, pray and don't stop. Verse number 17, he says, pray without ceasing. Now, when I was growing up, I used to hear pastors say things like this. You need to have a time you pray, you need to have a prayer journal, you need to have a place you pray. It needs to be systematic and methodic, and that's the way your prayer life needs to be. And I'm certainly not against that. I don't think that's wrong, or so forth. I don't. All right, but when I read my Bible, it says that I should never stop praying. Right? That I—it's not just something I do. It's something. It's who I am. <laughs> I pray without ceasing. How many of you found yourself in 2020 praying without ceasing? Oh Lord, I, I sitting on my back porch over at the house. Uh, you know, and we're we're at home, and, and and man, wondering about you, wondering about ministry, wondering about the church, and, and when there's when there's nothing else to do, you're not planning, you're not having meetings every day. What do you do? And you say, Lord, I need your help, right? We pray when we are having meetings. We pray when we are worshiping together. We pray, we pray, we pray. Let's keep that up in 2021. Pray, and then he says, be thankful, be thankful, regardless in everything give thanks, for this is God's will. For his children, it's God's will. Not that we be thankful for everything, but that we are thankful in everything. Can we pause for just a minute? Can we pause for just a minute? Can we all come into a spirit of agreement that God's been good to us? Can we come into agreement that while we have our list of things that we're struggling through, that we've got a whole lot longer list of things to be thankful for? Yeah, I don't sound real excited, I'll be honest. I said we've got a whole lot of things to be thankful for. So many things. Do we have hurts? Yeah, it hurts. But even in the midst of our hurts, Paul says it's God's will that we be thankful. Let me quickly wrap this up. He gives some admonitions, some warnings, some caution in verse 19 pointing forward. He begins by saying, do not quench the spirit. Don't quench the spirit. How many of you would agree with me today? Pastor Tim, we need a revival in the church and we need a revival in our nation. We need a moving of the spirit of God. I saw some folks yesterday online. I think they were in Atlanta and they were out in the street and there was a bunch of people standing there and some preacher was up there and man on on volume 10 and he was saying, we need to be, we need to pray, 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 pray. We need to be praying. We need revival. We need God to move in a mighty way. We need the spirit to sweep among us. And what Paul is saying here is that some of you in the church, if you're not careful, you're going to quench the Spirit and the work of the Spirit. All over this campus today, we have fire extinguishers. If a fire breaks out, I think we're sort of prepared, all right? Here's what he's really saying. That word there is literally the word extinguish. May God, by His grace, keep any of us in 2020 from being fire extinguishers in the church. May we stay clean. May we stay close. May we stay right. May we stay prayerful so that we do not quench the Spirit. And with that, as the Spirit is at work, he says, don't despise the prophecies. That word there means the teachings or the words from the Lord. Listen to the Scriptures. May we do that this year. In verse 21, he says, to test everything and hold fast to what is good. I hold in my hand the inspired, infallible, and errant Word of God. And it is through this that we test everything. We test it through this. We hold on to what is good. This is our anchor. We need the Word in our life. Hold to what is right. And then he finishes up in verse 22 by saying, abstain from every form of evil. Let me quickly say that in 2020, unfortunately, I have gone through the disappointment of hearing about spiritual leaders that have fallen morally, that have gone off into sin, and how that breaks my heart. And I remind you today that none of us are exempt from giving in to the enemy. None of us are are exempt from falling into disobedience and sin. Church, may we live this year in a clean holy way before the Lord. And may we abstain from even the very appearance of evil. Let me wrap it up in that last little section. I want to look at 25 and 26 before I say 23 and 24. Notice in 25 and 26, Paul again says, pray for us. Pray for us. Pray for us. Pray for your leaders. Pray for your spiritual leaders. Verse 26, he says to Greet all your brothers with a holy kiss. And the staff asked me this morning, are we going to do that since we're having COVID? No, we're not going to do that. This is a customary thing of what they would do when they met each other. The men would kiss the men on the cheek. Ladies kiss each other on the cheek. It was just a thing of brotherhood and sisterhood. It was affection. It was kindness for them culturally. It was a it was a sign of unity in the church. And I pray that God would give us a spirit of unity in 2021. Let's back up. I love the blessing in verse 23. Would you hear these two verses as I wrap this up as an encouragement to your heart and as a blessing over your life and your family? I read this verse 23 on Christmas Eve in my sermon. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. May God get all the scum and all the crud out of us Get it out. Hey, church, first Sunday 2021, get the, the crud and the junk and the sin out. May God sanctify. That word means to make holy. May He get, may He make you clean. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, he will surely do it. (laughs) Man, I love that. When I'm fickle and I'm inconsistent, he's not. He's faithful. And may God, may God do his work in Christ through us in these days and weeks ahead. May we surrender to the lordship of Christ May we remain faithful to the gospel and to the call, knowing that Jesus is always going to be faithful to us, and He will perform it until the day of our redemption. I love that Philippians 1, chapter 6, verse 6. He who has begun a work in you will perform it until the coming of the Lord. Wouldn't you love to see Jesus come back in 2021? I've been kind of encouraged these last couple days, uh, glancing around in social media, seeing people put out, even so, come Lord Jesus. I don't know if that's because they're frustrated or they really want to see Jesus. Probably both. But are you ready for the Lord to come back? If he doesn't, if he doesn't, this is the way we're supposed to live. And may we just take these lessons, these simple lessons, from 2020. May we evaluate them in our own heart and life, and may we take them into 2021. I want to be a good leader. I hope you want to be a good follower, some of your leaders as well. I want to I care for one another. I'm certainly going to challenge you every week. I want to challenge you. I want us to care for one another, and I certainly want us to get our worship right. Again, that's something we do 24-7, not just on Sunday. We worship Jesus as the Lord of our life, and we worship him as our soon-coming king. And all God's people said,